Hello everybody, my name is Darren, I write a blog called The Demon's Voice, what movies and shit like that, you can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com, and I'm also on Twitter, at Demon's Voice, which you definitely follow me, because why the fuck not? Hi you all, hope you're having a good week, as shit as all might be, coronavirus is ravaging on, I see, people are losing their jobs, people are getting sick, people are dying, and my friend Hazel said that she's never had to go this long without visiting a Primark before, so you know, let's think about all the victims of this for once, shall we? I'm still filling my time with jogging, I was out the other day and somebody jogged right past me, which annoyed me. It was like they were rubbing in how much fitter they were than, than me by doing the exact same thing, but better. So now I've got a new fitness routine where if I go out for a jog and if somebody takes overtakes me, then I have to see if I can keep up with them to motivate myself to just run that little bit faster. I was jogging behind this one girl the other day for absolutely ages, to be honest with you. I just could not keep up with her. Every time she looked behind to see if I was still there, she'd speed up to make it even harder for me. Got a bit weird when she started screaming, though. I forgot to do my washing as well the other day, and I needed to nip out at night, but I did not have any underwear because it was all still wet. So I figured, fuck it, it's late and I'm only going around the block, I'll just pop some jeans on and do without. But then I worried about whether I was making it easier for, rapist, for a rapist to attack me if I didn't wear any. So then I thought, well, maybe I could take a knife for protection just in case anybody did try to have their way with me. And look at me, why wouldn't they? I worry that my face is like conversion therapy for people who've previously never even thought about raping before. But anyway, so here's a little tip for you. If you do need to go out at night time, don't go out whilst wearing no underwear and carrying a knife. Apparently it's suspicious. And if you do go out like that, definitely don't go jogging and see if you can keep up with random girls at the same time too. Anyway, so there's clearly fuck all at the cinemas right now. Seems as cinemas are a thing of the olden days. But I did see a new Nicolas Cage movie recently on Blu-ray that I thought I would talk about. It's called The Color Out of Space, and I am going to start yammering about that now. Cheers! During one of the earliest scenes in director Richard Stanley's latest film Colour Out of Space, Nicolas Cage decides to milk one of his many alpacas before drinking it straight down before it has a chance to cool. Did you hear that? Nicolas Cage squeezes milk out of an alpaca's tits before instantly guzzling it down to enjoy its freshness. Nicolas Cage, an alpaca's tits. He drinks its milk. I think it was at this point that I decided that this might be one of my new favourite films of all time. What was cinema even invented for if not to see Nicolas Cage fondling a random animal's nipples before necking back whatever liquid he managed to get out of it? How can art ever top this? What are they going to do next? Will they make a sequel in which he wanks off a pig? According to Nicolas Cage's character, alpacas are the animals of the future, and although he never explains his reason for this, my belief in his performance is such that I now have about ten on order. Will I milk them as Cage does here? Of course I fucking will. Will I name one of them after him when they arrive? Why the hell wouldn't I? What is the point in having a pet alpaca if you can't then offer a guest a glass of milk squeezed fresh from Nicolas Cage's hanging nipples? Colour Out of Space is the kind of movie that delivers exactly what it says on the tin, and not only does it not disappoint, but as with Cage's own ability to overact, it goes above and beyond. What a fucking film. Based on a short story by H.P. Lovecraft, Colour Out of Space begins with Cage, his wife and their three children living alone in the woods with their pet alpacas. Did I mention the alpacas? At one point, Cage milks them and drinks it all down. Amazing. The daughter of the family is a witch too, in case you feel that's something you might want to know. Not a proper witch that can do real magic, but one of those stupid real-life ones that draw chalk pictures on the ground before presumably trying to fuck a pot plant. Not that it matters, I suppose. The fact that she's a witch plays almost no part in the actual plot, which might explain the vibe of this movie. It's about a normal family that are just minding their own business with pentagrams and alpaca milk until one night they encounter a strange light that arrives from out of space. In the original Lovecraft story the film is based on, this colour is described as falling outside the range of anything known within the visible spectrum, and described only through euphemism. 
That might work on the page, but how could you possibly depict this unheard of colour on screen? This could be a real challenge for any filmmaker. It's almost impossible to think how they could have solved this problem. What a predicament. It's pink. They just picked pink. Once this pink colour arrives, some strange things begin to take place, which is saying something when you consider how fucking odd everything has been up until now. Some of the criticisms of this movie have been that because of how weird everything initially was anyway, the descent into a more cosmic oddness doesn't seem as striking as it probably should. Those criticisms are bullshit. Things had reached such an insane level of fucking lunacy by the first hour that I had to pause the film to see how much longer was left because I couldn't imagine it escalating any further. You can imagine my excitement then when it turned out that there was still 50 fucking minutes to go and at no point did it ever take its foot off the accelerator. The strange light alters everything around it with plants beginning to sprout weird pumpkin tomato things, animals casually losing their skin, and the family descending into a full-blown madness. It's not easy to feel joy in our piece of shit world, and especially during a time in which we're encouraged to social distance from our loved ones and our dealers. At this point we're in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak, my dog has just died, and whilst everybody else in the UK is being paid 80% of their wages to stay at home, I'm still having to go to fucking work. But this movie had me clapping like a fucking sea lion with Parkinson's because of how happy it made me feel. When Cage got so angry that he told his young daughter to repeatedly fuck off before getting into his car to punch the ceiling and scream, I felt like phoning somebody just to tell them that I could remember what Glee felt like again. I should possibly confess at this point too that I think that Cage might be one of the greatest actors of all time, or at the very least one of the most interesting. He's a big A-list name and yet he just does not seem to give one solitary shit about how he might come across on screen. Whereas most major celebrities have a PR team to maintain their image, it's as though Cage hasn't even had the thought, I hope I don't embarrass myself today. Cage is what might happen if Harrison Ford and Klaus Kinski got into the teleporter from the fly, and an action hero with the brain of a fucking weirdo came out the other side. Just look at his performance in Kick-Ass, in which all he was asked to do was play a superhero, and yet even then he couldn't resist doing it in the style of Adam West as he was having a fucking stroke. Of course Cage can do normal acting, having won an Oscar for his heartbreaking performance of the suicidal alcoholic in 1995's Leaving Las Vegas, but although there are loads of actors that can do that kind of thing, it's only Cage that can get away with his style of acting that he refers to as nouveau shamanic. I have no idea what that means, but he did once describe it during an interview for Ghost Rider, the Ghost Rider sequel by explaining that he'd stitched ancient Egyptian artefacts into his costume whilst drawing inspiration from his pet cobra. So that explains that, I guess. Of course, Cage's performances don't always work on screen, as can be seen from the myriad of YouTube videos in which his notorious Cage rages have been edited into a thing of insane beauty. I have a theory that there are three types of Nicolas Cage performance which are boring, brilliantly mad, and maybe a bit too mad. I suspect the boring ones are the ones that he agrees to do right after the invoice for his latest castle, or the fucking dinosaur skull that he just bought comes in, and he panics. At their peak, they would be something like knowing, and at their worst, they would be whatever the fuck the Humanity Bureau is. The ones that are a bit too mad are when he's doing one of the more oddball performances that he's also described as western kabuki or mega acting, but with a more inexperienced director that's failed to rein him in. As weird as Cage might be, he still claims that my job is to facilitate the director's vision. If there's something I'm doing that they don't agree with, I drop it. And all you have to do is look at his work with the Coen brothers, David Lynch, Ridley Scott, Werner Herzog and Martin Scorsese for proof of what can happen when his gonzo style meets a visionary that's capable of understanding him. I do appreciate how trying to work out whether or not Nicolas Cage is a good actor might have pushed Community's Abed towards a full-blown breakdown, but after seeing Colour Out of Space, I think it's safe to say that Richard Stanley can also add his name to that list of people that understand what to do with him. Possibly because in his own way, Stanley is just as fucking mad himself. Having been absent from cinema for the best part of two and a half decades, Stanley was a director that had somewhat slipped me by. 
He made a couple of films in the early 90s that led to a cult following, before becoming one of the many casualties of 1996's The Island of Dr. Moreau. By all accounts, Stanley was fired from that, for having clashed with actor Val Kilmer, who he justifiably perceived as having been given too much creative power over the production. Kilmer wanted a treehouse built for his character to live in, and when Stanley pointed out that this hadn't featured anywhere in the script, the actor didn't take it too well. This is a film that has gone down in history for its behind-the-scenes chaos, with Marlon Brando even appearing as a character that wears a metal bucket for a hat, whilst being accompanied everywhere he goes by a dwarf. That wasn't in the script either, but Stanley was gone by the time Brando turned up, and I suppose his replacement had to be a little more open-minded to those random requests after the treehouse incident. Stanley's firing enraged the director so much that he decided to destroy his office and notes to ensure that nobody would be able to use his ideas once he had left. In a panic, the studio had him dragged to a nearby airport, only for him to escape his escorts before they could force him onto a plane. With no idea of where he'd gone, it was later revealed that Stanley had fled to a nearby jungle, where he'd spent two months living under a tree with dingo pups, while surviving on coconuts and cannabis, before eventually sneaking back onto the movie set in disguise. He began work as an extra and appears in the finished film as a part-man, part-dog creature, cavorting about in one of the shots only a few feet behind Val Kilmer. I can't say how Colour Out of Space compares to Stanley's other films because I've sadly never seen them, but by the sheer fact that he remained director for the entire production, I suppose we can at least conclude that both he and Cage were on the same page when it came to treehouses. Of course, Stanley hired a warlock to perform a blood magic spell before making the island of Dr. Moreau, and of course he had an occult supervisor working on the set of this film with Cage. You have to get that magic right before making a movie, I suppose. Although, perhaps on Dr. Moreau it might have helped to read the warlock's small print first. Colour Out of Space is not a film that has any intentions of achieving mainstream success, and I think that's why I love it. Does this film have any substance? Not really. Not beyond highlighting how insignificant we all are within the grand scheme of things, and I'm fully aware of that from the second I open my piece of shit eyes every morning. Although Cage's 2018 film Mandy might be his magnum opus, Colour Out of Space does show the range of batshittery that he's capable of, with his madness perfectly balanced against the eye-burningly gorgeous Lovecraftian apocalypse that's taking place on screen. Not that any of that matters, I suppose. At the end of the day, I suspect you knew whether or not you'd like this movie from the second that I mentioned that Cage drinks milk straight from the alpaca's tits. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time.